definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase. BlueNile.com code Listen. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 42. It's spring. I'm currently walking through the woods and it is so beautiful. At the moment, it is an absolute carpet of bluebells and wild garlic. Absolutely mesmerising. And I haven't been walking in this woods for ages, but you can see the kind of path that the animals take, I suppose. The bits where the bluebells don't grow, just tiny little pathways uh, snaking off in every direction. The hedgerows are full of pinks and blues um, from all the little flowers that are coming out. And everything's looking rather shaggy. I suppose all the weeds kind of jut out and what looked like a wide road before is now a narrow country lane that's being sort of taken over by weeds from either side. Mum and I used to walk the dogs um, in this wood all the time. We don't have dogs anymore, sadly. I would love to get a dog and then I could continue walking my dog in these woods. Quite often you'll see roe deer, lots of rabbits. (laughs) There are badgers, although we don't tend to see them very much. They come out in the evening. Oh, the smell of that wild garlic is just amazing. I keep meaning to uh, forage some and make some wild garlic pesto. David isn't too sure. He's worried that something might have weed on it or something. But I would clean it before I cooked it. So in this week's episode, I talked to Chris Jones, who is the co-founder of The Beaver Project. Mum and I ventured down to Cornwall to visit his farm and see what his beaver enclosure actually looked like. The enclosure itself is actually dug into the earth uh, quite a few feet out. So if the beavers do start to dig and they find wire, they give up and go somewhere else, basically. So it just stops them trying to undermine the enclosure. I think Chris's site was sort of a couple of hectares, quite large, but he had put in this wooden ramp walkway, which was absolutely stunning. It was on sort of metal stilts, just hovering over the water's surface. So about a foot off the uh, ground and you could just walk over the beaver enclosure which really gave you an up close and personal feel of what it looks like. I was first of all blown away by how beautiful the beaver's dams were. In my mind I thought beaver dams were big bits of you know wood and trunk and sticks and mud and that it was just brown and kind of you know just dead. But actually because they use a lot of willow and things which notoriously you can sort of rip off a bit of willow and stick it in the ground and it will continue to grow. The 
trees and shrubs had actually continued growing in the dam. So I just really wasn't expecting it to be so green and lush. You had these dams which had silt piled up against them. And so it looked very shallow. But Chris put his stick in and it was sort of, you know, nearly a metre deep. And so this is really how the beavers are able to purify the water that then eventually leaves the rivers. All the pollution, runoff, you know, nasty things that I think we have a lot of in our rivers in the UK get caught up in this dam system and carbon as well. You know, it all gets locked up within this dam. And then what you have flowing out the other side is just the most pure, uh, clear crystal waters. When I think of our farm, we have a lot of fast flowing rivers through the farm and it just tears everything away. You know, it basically deposits all the soil and everything in the oceans. That's the runoff from your farm that's slowly over the years, you know, getting carried out to sea. And so I think seeing how the beavers sort of lock everything up and slow down the water, slow it right down so that it's not sort of tearing through the landscape. Chris got funding to install these ramps, not just so that you could really feel like you're, you know, at one with nature, but it's disabled access. It opens it up for everybody to come and visit and everybody to interact with this little paradise. He has school trips and things that come and visit. And he's very animated. You know, when he talks about beavers, he's obviously got a real passion for beavers and the beaver project that he's involved with. And I can understand why. Having been to visit his site, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, I'm already bonkers for beavers as it is. (laughs) But yeah, this is just totally confirmed in my mind that I really want to have beavers at our farm. So I hope you enjoy the chat with Chris. I'm so grateful that he welcomed us onto his farm and just gave us the most amazing tour. And we left with just nothing but hope and dreams and amazement of the future of reintroducing beavers into the UK. So I hope you guys enjoy. We've been doing school trips to the farm for nearly 20 years now. And um, it was just uh, very nice then once we got the beavers here because it gives them an, uh, another dimension. Mm. And like when we walked around it, you were saying how it all just used to be like a brambly mess, and now it's completely clear and there's bulrushes and, you know, it's just yeah. transformed. Yeah. Well, it, it has, yes. Um, and the beavers have they've cut down quite a few trees, but the, the conversion of the brambles into more into a kind of grassland has been amazing. I, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and they've cut down lots and lots of brambles, and they eat the brambles and also use them building dams and things. But lots of other stuff grows in its place. You get lots of ferns and grass and sedges and little flowering plants, and all of those tend to be beaver food as well. So although they're clearing one thing, they're just creating more food for themselves. Yes. It's a bit like farmers. <laughs> So a lot of gorse as well. You've got some beautiful yellow gorse surrounding. Do they eat that? I have seen them eat it. Not very much. I, I think it's uh, probably not near the top <laughs> top end of their of their uh, likes and, and so on. But um, they will sometimes have a go at it. So they absolutely love willow and willow bark. Uh, willow is their number one thing here. But, you know, they, they'll eat the oak uh, and sycamore, uh, any kind of maple... A beach, if it was available, they'd have. They are very keen on poplars and aspen. That That's also a, a very, very special favourite. Mm. Um, alders they don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Why is that? <laughs> Do you know, I don't know. I, I find cattle don't like to eat alder very much either. I wonder if it's a bit sour or something. I, I've never tried myself, but uh, <laughs> there must be something not quite right about it. So how did you get involved with the Beavers Trust Beaver Trust came out of a meeting um, I had with a chap called 
James Wallace and his friend Ian Beath. February 2019, and James in particular was very keen to see more wildlife on farmland, and I said, hmm, perhaps we should concentrate on beavers. Let's get our rivers right first uh, and have land next to rivers protected from farming and um, let's let those get really wild and uh, let's have beavers in there and I think you'll see a dramatic change in our riverscapes. It's an amazing perspective really because I think a lot of farmers are absolutely terrified of losing their land to the rivers expanding from beavers and I don't know if they give too much thought to the rivers in general to be honest. I think in some places that's probably right. I also think though that now the farm subsidies are going over to a more uh, environmental basis one of the biggest banks their buck will be protecting rivers and if we do that right and pay the farmers well for it i I think it would be an amazing thing and i wouldn't pay for people to have beavers Mm. but if they protect their rivers nicely it'll make the rivers ready for beavers in time and if there's a nice bit of land protecting the river then it's unlikely to be any conflict with the farmer between the farmer and the beaver um what kind of change have you seen in I mean, they for one thing, they clear the waterways. You've been showing us the sort of mud and silt that builds up against the dams. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess the, the, the first and most obvious thing is the fact that they create uh, little ponds and then the ponds get very silty and you get a lot of vegetation growing around them and they create a home for fish and insects and amphibians and birds. And then uh, you'll see uh, clearly they, they uh, cut down trees uh, and they create clearings where there's woodland, which lets more light in. They love to eat brambles. And then really, uh, when people say, what do they eat? It's almost anything you can see here uh, would be a food item, even gorse a little bit. So, you know, they're they're kind of specialised generalists. And I've just spotted a goose over there sitting on a nest. (laughs) How about that? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Can you see just the, the white and the black head? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Well, that's unbelievable. See, this is just the nature's paradise. (laughs) Yeah, we've just been staring at it for the last 20 minutes, not seeing it, and then uh, it just suddenly fell into place. So I've been absolutely shocked at the size of the trees that the beavers are willing to chew down. I thought Mm. they would chew down. I mean, you said little bits of willow and spindly bits, but there's been Mm. some massive trunks. Yes, they're uh, not really afraid of a big tree. Of a challenge. That's right. (laughs) Uh, What I would say, though, is that if you have trees which you really need to protect or want to protect, it's very easy to do it. Just with some a bit of PVA glue and sand applied to the trunk uh, or maybe um, some wire wrapped around, you know, some mm-hmm. good, good uh, weld mesh, something like that uh, wrapped around, that will stop them. How far up would you do that, sort of a couple of feet or something on the tree trunk or the whole thing? Or <laughs> Really, you ought to paint up to about a metre. Oh, wow. You know, a, a beaver's quite a large animal. Uh, and when they stand up on their hind legs and stretch, yes, mm. they could reach up to about a metre. You say they're about the size of a spaniel? That kind of thing, you know, um, averaging around about 20 kilos when they're uh, fully grown. They're huge. I think a lot of people think they're more like otter size. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're probably twice the size of an otter. Okay. And indeed, they, they can grow bigger. They can grow up to maybe even 30 kilos. Oh, gosh. You've got fish jumping here in front yeah, of us. Yeah, it, it's such a lovely... Warm afternoon, you can see lots of insects flying around and uh, the fish are having a fine old time. <laughs> it does so much for the biodiversity of the area and I just don't understand the argument that some farmers have for not wanting beavers because, you know, they trash the area when really what we've seen today is just they turn it into a paradise. I think they're very, very good for biodiversity. But, you know, 
we've got to be really clear about this. These animals, they do have impacts and they can have impacts which might harm farming in some circumstances. So we need to be very alert to that and we should be very honest about that too. Mm -hmm. You know, in the context of Cornwall and North Devon, it's very hard to see how that would be a very great impact. But that's why I say if we had a nice buffer paid for very well out of the um, the DEFRA purse uh, against our rivers, then any chance of conflict would just be taken away. I mean, already we need to have them fenced. We can't just have them running free. So they need to be fenced within a certain area so they can't just roam off and do their own thing. And I was quite shocked at how expensive even that was. So it's quite a mission. Yeah, it, it, it really is. But I sense that fencing is coming to an end uh, in the next year or so and that beavers will be allowed to roam free, which will be, I think, very good for beavers and, and very good for wildlife. If the farmers get it right, probably quite good for them too. We've had um, a really serious drought here in 2018 and we just had a great reserve of water that we could just pump out onto the surrounding land. Yes. You know, these things I think are going to become more frequent. Mm -hmm. And if we can embrace the opportunities that come with these animals, you know, they're they're great for tourism, uh, they're great for biodiversity and what we've done here with getting schools and colleges to visit, it's just turned into a nice nice little arm of our business. Mm. And, you know, why not... I mean, we're all up for tourism where we're based in North Devon. I mean, you've come to see our farm and everything, and we're so close to the beaches, and a lot of people flood to come visit in the summer. And, Mm. you know, why not see a bit of nature and a few beavers while they're there? Absolutely right. And I think more and more uh, we're seeing that uh, the general public are appreciating nature. And we're at a very strange time now where, uh, you know, climate change is getting worse. Uh, The news in general isn't very good. And I think people want to see and feel hope for for uh, for the future and th- this is a wonderful expression of hope i think absolutely what do you think the i mean people are saying you know with to do with climate change you should be planting trees whereas beavers are obviously chopping them down well you can see here you know beavers have been here in this area for five years now and yeah there's quite a few trees have been felled but i completely get the fact that we're sitting here in a really beautiful woodland it's not like having a chainsaw gang in and just a, just clear felling by any means. You know, I think there's a place for both. And I, I would just reiterate, if you've got trees that you want to protect, I've done several of them here, which for one reason or another I really want to keep. And uh, it's worked very well. Um, beaver Trust now, it, it's, uh, its new mission statement is that we restore beavers to regenerate our landscapes. And I think they do do that. Mm. Uh, And we can kind of see it here really well. There's no difficulty in managing these animals and their impacts. Mm. No difficulty at all. And I I think we do need to to remember that um, not everyone is immediately as welcoming as as I might be or you might be. But at the same time, if we can respond to any genuine problems and, and complaints in a really timely fashion... Uh, that helps to take a lot of the sting out of the, the criticism. How many other sites in Cornwall like yours are there? There are now three more. Oh, OK. But I think that will soon uh, be growing to probably another three more. Uh, and then I, I suspect that'll probably be the end of it in Cornwall because by the time that's happened, I think we'll be beginning to get into the open, mm. uh, sort of wild release of, of beavers, So, yeah. uh, which I'm looking forward to no end. Yes, as I said to you, I thought that the government had already named beavers as being back to being a native species. So I can't really see what the pushback is. If they're native, then, you know, surely they were here first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely right. Um, I think they've got a few more uh, I's to dot and T's to cross. Mm-hmm. 
and it'll be be coming. I think sometime in the autumn, um, we'll be finding about how we actually uh, get licences and let them go. So you've been to visit us on our farm a couple mm. of times. We are desperately hoping we can get beavers on our mm. farm in the future, mm. whether it's this year or next year. But yeah, I think it'll be an amazing habitat for them where we have in the woods. We've got a big pond there. Mm. The field is called the moor. And as a child, it was always my favourite field because mm. there'd be butterflies and bees and, you know, it was always very wild. And so, yeah, I just love the idea of it mm. being even more wild. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, beavers would settle there very, very well. Uh, the fact you've got a pond there in the first place is a really good thing because it means when the animals arrive, they've got a bit of deep water they can get into and, mm. and feel at home. Yeah, Dad dug out that pond because we've got a clay base. And, yeah, it's lovely to think it's going to be used for something, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so that was my interview with Chris Jones uh, down in Cornwall at his beaver place. I'm now back on my farm and I've just decided to take a little trip down to the pond where hopefully we're going to have our beavers. It is so overgrown with cow parsley. I think compared to the winter where it's so quiet, it's devoid of much vegetation. You know, there's algae on the water, there's not much movement. But at this time of year, the weeds have all just completely taken over. I actually can't see the pond right now. The cow parsley is full of white flowers and bumblebees buzzing over everything. And it's literally as tall as me. Um, So I can't see the pond, but I know it's there. Uh, The weeping willow is in full leaf and sort of draping into the water. Not that I can see it, but I know it's there. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, oh, there's a dragonfly. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm just thinking, oh my God. There are tiny frogs everywhere. Okay, I don't want to step too far into the pond then. They are absolutely tiny. Last year, I actually didn't see any tadpoles in the pond. I don't think the weather was right for it or it was quite a cold start to the year. But this year has been perfect and there are tiny frogs. I'm just trying to get one on my finger. Yeah! This really is one of my favourite places on the farm and it was one of Dad's favourite places too. I think because it's right over the other side of the boundary, it's away from the main road You can't hear any of the cars or any sound. It's just the wind in the trees, the pheasant giving it large in the back, if you can hear that. Um, But yeah, it really does just feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. The woods behind have um, a river running through. So that's how we were able to get the pond is because there's tributaries from the woodland above that run down and it's all clay based. So dad dug it out. And yeah, now it's just sort of left to nature. So this is the place where we're hoping to have our beavers. Fingers crossed on getting them this year. I think they're going to fit in really well to the natural ecosystem. And yeah, I just can't believe we're going to have these big beavers thrashing around, ruining the quiet of this beautiful site. No, I don't think they'll be very loud. Although Chris did say you could hear them chomping, chomping and chuntering. Oh, the wind's picked up. Yeah, I think it's such a special site in my heart. This was dad's favourite place. It's sort of become my favourite place. We would always walk the dogs and then like end up here. So I can't wait until we have beavers. I'm literally so excited, although it's difficult to garner excitement when we don't actually have a date in mind. I feel like I've been talking to you guys about beavers for a year. So (laughs) I'm sort of still as excited as I was a year ago and it still doesn't feel like it's really going to happen. Looks like we'll be spending most of our lives living in the beaver's paradise. (laughs) In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast. 
on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by my poor husband, David Knight. Thank you guys so much, and of course, thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye, chomp chomp. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.